It's the root of all. 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 With Alexander Brown. Alexander Brown. It's the root of all with Alexander Brown. What's up, everyone? We are back with another episode on The Root of All with Alexander Brown. I am, of course, your host, Alexander Brown. And on today's episode, we will be continuing our conversation surrounding the topic of mental health. Today, I am joined by two very special guests who I believe can offer you guys a very unique perspective on the topic of mental health. First being my brother, Quentin Scout Wallace. Say something to the viewers. Hello. Second, my brother, Donnie Bailey. Say something to the viewers, please. Hola, amigos. Alrighty. Thank you guys for joining me on today, and let's get into these discussions questions. Um, as my viewers know, the discussion questions are actually proposed by myself, and we'll get into the viewers' questions after we finish the discussions questions. All right. Um, on this episode is very unique because this is a two-part episode, meaning I've actually had a part one with a whole different panel. And this episode, I just wanted to include these guys because I believe that these two have the most intelligent minds when it comes to the topic of mental health. So I just had to bring them on. Um, all right, so enough of me talking. Let's get into these questions. All right, so I'm going to start with Scout. Um, in today's society, do you believe uh, discussions about mental health are censored? And if so, why? Uh, I believe they're finally being talked about as much as they're supposed to be talked about, but I believe they're not being talked about in the way they should be talked about. A lot of people are still ashamed of being upset and sad and depressed, and when they have to learn that they should accept those feelings, because you can't make progress unless you accept those feelings. I feel like people are still kind of putting those people down for feeling that way, and they don't feel the way that they should in order to accept that they don't understand their own emotions. They want to allow themselves to. Awesome. And um, when you mean people and like when we're talking about um, people not being able to come in um, touch with their emotions, um, do you believe that when we're talking about just like what we're doing now, having a conversation about it, do you believe that some people uh, are ashamed to talk about, you know, their emotions and what's really going on in their head? Or do you believe that's another factor that comes into it? I believe they're, of course, ashamed, but it's just the, the, the biggest thing is a lack of understanding. Like, through being ashamed, they don't sit there and just patiently feel the emotion and allow themselves to contemplate all the things that they're feeling. Like, they can't find their peace because of that. Cool, cool. All right, Donnie? Yeah, so, like, I, I believe that it's very censored sometimes. Um, there's a lot of people who who are very open about their emotions. I feel like I'm one of those people, but a lot of people, especially males in general, are very ashamed to talk about if they have depression or social anxiety or anything like that because they feel like society won't let them be like that because of their masculine, masculinity. They should be masculine. They shouldn't um, feel these emotions that they're feeling at all definitely definitely i do believe there is a chasm when we're talking about um, um the differences between 
males and females. Um, females are, are in our society are perceived as ones that are in touch with their emotions constantly and are just more emotional than guys. And I feel like in a way, um, when we are talking about um, mental health and just like Donnie said, in the masculinity um, proplex, it's a fact that if you open up and if you show people that you are vulnerable, you're perceived as weak. And I think that is something we definitely have to change if we really want progress to happen. And within that progress happening, we have to talk about your environment. I mean, you have to surround yourself with people that you know can uplift your mental health, um, environments that will promote the awareness of mental health because we don't have enough conversations about it, which also leads to our next question. Um, and I'm going to start with Donnie. Do you believe your environment can help or hinder your mental health? And what type of environment gives you, like, on a personal level, peace? Your environment can definitely give give peace, but also ruin you as a person, depending on who you're around, what you're around, and what you're doing in said environment. Um, say, if you have lots of friends, if you have lots of friends, you can definitely be more healthier mentally in an environment than in that environment with friends that care about you than in an environment where you have no friends whatsoever where you push people away and stuff like that it, it all depends on you control your environment and you control where you are so if you were to put yourself into a certain environment that would hinder your health it would just cause things to get worse but certain uh, certain environments that are out there could have caused the issue in the beginning. So that's how I feel about that. But the type of environment that would give me peace would be with my friends. Lots of friends all the time. Awesome, awesome. Scout? All right, so, you know, clearly you could either, it could both help and hinder. But what a lot of people don't understand is the difference between a temporary environment and your permanent environment. And so like Donnie said, you can have an environment that causes that pain. That's typically for a person, the permanent one, like at home or, you know, some kind of place where they just, they're always at, and it's always some kind of mental abuse for them that they can't escape. And that's when you should go away to your temporary one. Like for me, that's the gym. Like I go there, I get my emotions out. I relieve my stress, I get my work in. A lot of people don't understand that they can they can get away from that permanent one. They just have to find their way to it. Like maybe even reading the book or writing anything, really, you just have to get away from it. Awesome and good point. Um, we are sometimes placed in environments that um, we have to encounter on a daily basis and it's out of our control. Um, we're born in these environments, we are raised in these environments and we are almost told that we have to remain in that environment just so that we can remain comfortable and live a good life. Um, so good point. And that leads us to our next question, which actually um, I stole from my previous part one of this episode. Um, as mentioned in the previous episode, a statistic shows that 72% of schools that are in poorer areas have more students with mental health needs. Um, so with that, within that, we mean, of course, the, the low income schools, the low income areas. And of course, you know, there's a racial disparity within that. But if you had the power to change this, what would you do and how would you do it? And I'm not asking you guys that already have, you know, some big elaborate solution already on your minds, but just with the thought of this question, like what comes to mind when I ask you this? And I'm gonna start with 
scout? Oh, uh, I think a big thing would be is just having a sort of class included in school that kind of teaches you how to accept and deal with your emotions. Like people just, they kind of, you know, you go to school and it's really a stressful place. And if you're at home, you know, in a poor community, you're already at home and it's already a stressful environment for you. Maybe you have to work to support your home even more than the others. And you go to school and you got to worry about school and maybe your grades are getting affected by that. They should have a, maybe a class that helps people learn how to handle those frustrations. And of course that would come with more funding and you know, things like maybe legalization of marijuana or like just more funding for schools to allow that type of thing to happen. Awesome. Donnie? Yeah, um, I feel like what's just like how Scout said that we should have a we we could have a class, but this this type like this issue you have the all of the people that have in in more middle class and higher class uh, counties that have schools and high high amounts of funding, they have multiple story schools that are unnecessary they have all these unnecessary things like ipads and all this stuff whenever they could do the same thing on a certain on, on something else i feel like the funding's being put in a raw in the wrong place honestly because whenever you go to whenever you have mental health issues because of your environment and you go to a school which you have to go to every day and that environment is the same the same thing there's no escape there is no escape from the reality of your situation and that you have low income parents or that you even yourself have to support yourself good point and i'm glad that you actually brought up um when you are especially for me i attended Louisville schools starting from kindergarten until of course i graduated there so um that environment stays with you and it becomes a part of your life. And um, one thing also what Scout said, um, just having that class, having uh, um, a place where students can be educated in the world of mental health and also get the resources. And I'm gonna branch off this question in general because we all went to the same high school, of course. Um, so in your opinion, and I'm gonna start with Scout again on this question, um, within that class, you said that, of course, it's going to, when you say class, you mean there's a curriculum involved, meaning that um, there's going to be lessons planned, there's going to be discussions had. But what about outside the classroom, but within the school? Do you think that we should have more guidance initiatives? Do you think that we should have um, more on-scene therapists? Do you believe having that outside of the classroom approach is just as effective? I'll, I'll, the biggest thing I'll tell you, the outside of class and curriculum and learning that we need is more understanding from our peers. Like we don't have enough people backing us up all the time. Like when we're down, we don't feel like we can turn to enough people. People are afraid that people will understand their emotions. And people take words so literal in life, like they can't just understand that you feel the way you do. And there's so many things you could do about it. And there's people that could be understanding and even you should be more understanding of your emotions in that type of scenario. Like in, in middle school for me, we had a, a, a singular therapist who would call you out of class sometimes and you would go talk. And that was more than enough for a lot of people. So I don't believe that it's so much things that schooling can do for you. Like the, the people, the authority, the people above, I believe it's more so what our peers can do, what we can do for each other is be more understanding.
and talking about. Awesome. And one thing before we move to Donnie, good point when you mention our peers. Now really taking time and thinking about it. I believe that there is some type of, I don't know, there's some type of feeling that you get when you actually open up about your mental health to your peers, like the fear of being judged, um, the fear of being perceived as weak. And, you know, that is, this has to change, especially since we're all on the same uh, field in life in general, like we're in the same grade, taking somewhat the similar classes. I think um, in school in general, like when we're talking about our classes and stuff, we have to be more united. And I think once we become more united, that's when we can actually start having these discussions that are vital, that are so important, you know, Donnie? Yeah, like uh, having a, a guidance counselor in elementary school um, didn't really seem to be as effective as it, 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 as it should be to me and to the people that are, are around me because the guidance counselor was always kind of like supposed to be there for you the not just for to help you with school but to help you with any issue that you had in general and i feel like our peers could also help us just like how scout said how how our peers should understand us more and that understanding helps because these are the people that are in the same boat with us they're all in we're all about to we're all growing up together and we're all doing all these new things together we're experiencing life for the first time all together so having the understanding from the people that we are closest to yet even though they're our peers we're not close to them but we're we're closest to them by age and experience i feel they should if they understand us, then we have a better understanding of ourselves. Awesome, awesome. And good point. When we're talking about, I'm just gonna look at my class just in general. There are people that I went to school with for all 12 to 13 years that I really didn't even get to know until my last year of high school. <laughs> so, you know, it, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, we've grown up together, we've had this similar experiences why aren't we talking to each other why aren't we and of, of course i know you're not gonna be friends with everyone but like if i need something can i call on you it's just that feeling of you know calling on your neighbor um your neighbor being able to help you and offer you some type of support do you feel that support do you feel that love you know it's something that definitely has to change and um before we move on to our next question i just want to branch off this question one more time and that'll be it both of you um mentioned basically the um, investing more in the education system. Um, Scout said a class, Donnie said um, outside of classroom resources and stuff. So when we're talking about investing in our education system, do you believe that within us investing more and um, reallocating the funds that should be in our education system, do you believe that could lead to a lot more distractions to our mental health? Because I think Donnie was the one that was saying, you know, within more money, you get more unnecessary things. So do you think, um, what what needs to be done before we call on the refunding of the education? Should we, you know, make sure that we know where the money is going to beforehand? Should we already have like some type of agenda in place? Like what should we do before we call, you know, for the refunding of the schools? And I'll start with Donnie. Okay, so I feel as if you shouldn't go into something so important 
without a plan, obviously you shouldn't call for the refunding of schools unless you have a plan for it. Um, because just say refund schools doesn't do anything, you know, but the, the importance of refunding the schools would be there are some schools that are unnecessarily overfunded and there are some schools that are unnecessarily underfunded. But because of the environment and surrounding county and the funding in that county, there are amounts of money there that would cause them to have this unnecessary school and these unnecessarily, there's these unnecessary lives that they do not need. But so everyone's not getting the same experience. Um, we all grow up in the same school but if you talk to someone from another school that has better funding, higher funding, they wonder why we don't have the same things as them. Because we don't have the iPads, we don't have the beautiful architecture, we don't have multiple stories in our schools. We don't have all of this because of the county where we live in and because of the funding in that county. Awesome, and you hit like every nail on the head. Um, it all just comes down to more funding meaning means more opportunities um you brought up a point where um you know we all go through the same experience within our school but when you talk to someone that went to another school that has more funding they were offered more opportunities they were offered more um career advantages and educational advantages so i think the minute that we um discuss you know refunding the uh, education system we have to start with how can we, because of course everyone can be on the same um, education level or every school can be on the same funding level, but what can we do to kind of even out the playing field in a lot of these schools? All right, uh, Scout. Uh, well, as a person actually who, I experienced two wonderful years at Louisville, but also went to two other high schools, one was a 5A, one was a 4A, and I experienced that massive amount of funding that there was there. But for some strange reason, my greatest learning experience was at Louisville still. And I know that sounds weird because, you know, we don't have the high tech, all this stuff. But I can tell you that because I can tell how devoted our principal and the, the authorities in our school, they were so devo devoted to having greater teachers who cared more about you. And that was the biggest difference I could see in the schools is the amount of care that was put into Louisville as opposed to the other schools I went to. I was at, uh, when I was at York, I noticed the teachers just didn't seem to carry that amount of care. They were kind of uh, fearful while they were there. I could tell they had some kind of fear from the authorities, like they didn't want to upset them or something. When the teachers at Louisville were just entirely focused on helping us learn and love and just be what we could be. And I also wanted to say uh, on the topic we were just speaking of, of uh, therapy in school and whatnot, I believe there is an issue with therapy on the fact of how we handle it. A lot of people find the issue and they say, okay, great, now let's focus on making you happy. And I believe we should slow down and teach people to accept their emotions and just really think about them. Don't, don't force them to focus on being happy. It's okay to be sad at all that stuff. It's okay to not be okay. And I believe we should just teach people to be patient, understand what they're, why they're doing what they're doing. Good point. I fully agree. It is okay to, you know, have your sad days. It's okay to really fully comprehend your own emotions and really take the time and dissect of how you actually feel. All right. Next question. Um, this is a huge debate. Um, it was on our, our previous podcast. And for the most part, the previous roundtable panelists, they agreed. 
So, um, do you guys believe social media can benefit your mental health? I feel as if, as someone who's experienced both sides of it, it both benefiting and hindering my mental health, it can it, it can definitely do that. You know, it can definitely hinder, but also help. There, there have been times in my life where I would post something say on Instagram or on Snapchat and then I'd instantly delete it because I was self-aware and I, I, I hated how I looked I hated how how I felt and then there's been other times such as recently because of my age I'm allowed to have tinder now but like <laughs> I uh, tinder has had helped me gain a massive amount of confidence in myself uh, enough to where I had I had started to feel more love for myself just because I realized that, you know, I'm not this person that I think I am. I'm not this, this, um, the, the compliments, the, the, the feeling of, of being like attractive to other human beings. Like that's all that social media seems to be sometimes is when you post a picture of yourself or a photo of something you like or you're sharing things about yourself. As long as people are interested in you as a person, your mental health seems to be benefited. But if the less that you are, people are interested in you, the the more you seem to be, you you will seem to be lacking, and that'll that will um, hinder your your issues um, further than they actually are beforehand. Awesome, and I'm glad that you actually took it to. Um that aspect that social media does enable connectivity between human beings. It, it, it's that bridge of when I am right here and you are right here, we can still, of course, you know, contact each other, reach out and communicate. And just the area that you took it to was really cool. And I'm glad you brought that up. All right, Scout. Uh, it's important when looking at this question or life in its entirety, honestly, to understand that everything's really a scenario. And so obviously you have times where to help you or hinder you or both at the same time. Uh, because of social media, we're more united than ever. And then we're also more divided than ever. Like sometimes you'll see, the other day I, I was done. I deleted everything except for Instagram. And I kept Instagram because I like to see what my friends are doing. That's the only way, that's all I view from Instagram is what my friends are up to. I deleted everything because while on Facebook, while on Twitter, all these other things, I just kept seeing these debates between the black lives matter all lives matter blue lives matter all these things and what i just see is a lack of understanding you know you see people who read black lives matter and they assume if they're some maybe they're white maybe they're whatever they assume uh their life is being said that it doesn't matter when that's just not the case you know they just don't and we can't be hateful toward those people who don't understand what the meaning of the movement is we have to open their minds that's the difference like martin luther king would have done he would have sat there and had a beautiful discussion with the person who didn't understand. He would have explained to them why he's doing what he's doing. He wouldn't have said, oh, you hate me, I hate you now. He would have sat there and opened his mind to what they were trying to, what they were upset about. And through opening his mind to what they were upset about, he would open their minds to what the truth is. And I believe that's a big thing in social media is there's just a lack of understanding of each other. People aren't open-minded. And so that's, that's kind of what hurts me when I look at it all the time and probably why I shouldn't delete. Maybe I should use social media as a platform to express my emotions and tell people that maybe they should try to open their minds and be a more understanding of all of these things. But yeah, 
<laughs> awesome. And um, like you just mentioned, when it comes down to social media, we all know that basically everything is so polarized, meaning there's always one side and then there's always another. Um, I'm glad that you brought up the Black Lives Matter and the All Lives Matter debate, this and that. Um, I think, first of all, I would just like to give props to social media because um, honestly, if it wasn't for social media, we would not really know that these occurrences are happening. Of course, if you are present and you see these things happening, um, you, you are uh, aware of what's happening. But like for me, I found out about George Floyd via Twitter. I found about Breonna Taylor via Instagram. So I believe that social media does have the power to get the, um, the word out and it has the power to um, seemingly almost educate you of what's happening in our world. But there's a problem with that because that's when bias kicks in and that's when false information kicks in. And um, that's why I always say that it is so, so important that you really be careful of what sources you rely on and uh, what sources you look into um, because a lot of people use social media as a game. They use it to spread misinformation about things. It's, it's people honestly, like that's like their occupation. They get on there, they start lies and they hope that it catches um, popularity just for that simple fact of them getting what we call clout. So um, I think on social media, we rush to, because I'm, I'm not going to sit here and like lie and say that I haven't been in a Twitter debate. I have. But in the words of Representative John Lewis, who just recently passed, seemingly we have to provide enough love in our society for it to become the power behind the movement and the force of this generation. All right, guys, um, you already know what's next. We're going to get into the viewers' questions. As you know, on every episode, I always, always, always ask you guys to send me questions to talk about because seemingly um, this podcast is for you. Um, I, I made an announcement last night um, on Instagram that this is a platform for all, meaning I don't discriminate against who I allow on this podcast. If you would like to join a conversation, let me know. Um, these questions were sent via Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter, and we're just going to get into it. And I think they all, for the most part, surround the topic of mental health, which is good. So, all right, we're going to get into the first question, and I'm going to start with Donnie. All right, so what artist or type of music gives you peace? Well, I feel like, yeah, coming from, if we're going from, since we're talking about mental health, um, music has helped me with my mental health issues um helped me get over the the mountain that there was to climb over my depression and my uh my social anxiety growing up um to where now i no longer feel those issues anymore um and certain music i mean if we're talking about music music is just an emotion music music is an expression of emotion um all music that I, I I listen to in general gives me peace, no matter how how it is, no matter what kind of music it is, whether it's death metal or rock, whatever I'm listening to, I'm I, it's giving me peace because I'm expressing my emotion with said music. Um, in that moment, that is what I feel. That is the emotion that I will feel through that song expressed through the lyrics, through the through the background uh, music, through the instruments, through everything. Um, through, through all of those emotions, 
um, I find peace as long as I'm expressing myself and I express how I feel. But if we're talking like a specific genre, like I guess there's like all kinds of genres. I don't know. There's there's just so many different genres. I like in anything, honestly. Awesome. And one thing before we move to Scout, um, you mentioned that uh, music can help you uh, with your emotions and mentally. Um, music therapy is a thing. All right, Scout. It's important for people to understand there's no wrong answer to this question. A lot of people are ashamed of the music they listen to. That's just entirely wrong. You have to love what you love. Like for me, sometimes I'll enjoy the lyrical presence of J. Cole and just how articulate he is. He really taught me to learn how to understand my emotions and, and just feel them like the same way that X did or Pete. I know a lot of people think that music's kind of edgy, but that's like, that's really, really articulate music. And I allow you to sit there and just feel your emotions. But then other times when mine's on a ramble, I can't focus, I need to do something, but I can't do it because I'm just thinking. And so I'll throw on some Slipknot and I'll just let that that fast, heavy beat run. And I'll put my mind to that beat as well. And I'll just work to that beat. And it just, really, it just, it's all a scenario. It just depends on what you need, what I need at that moment in order to find my peace. Awesome. And a um, good point when you said that it's it's all about the scenario. Um, our emotions change so quickly and our music choices at that very moment sometimes reflect of how we're feeling. So good. Me personally, I, like I just said, I, I'm very situational, meaning um, if I'm feeling this way, then I'm going to listen to this. But I think I sometimes, I, when we talk about genre-wise, I stick along the R&B rap outlet. It says something, and it speaks truth to power. And um, within the lyrics, because I'm a very heavy lyric person, um, a song could have an amazing beat. And I still, I have to dissect the lyrics for me to really enjoy it. So I believe um, with the soothing tunes of uh, different artists that I listen to, which it could be Frank Ocean, uh, Childish, Janae Aiko, all of them, they just, they speak to me on different levels. And of course, whatever I'm feeling at that moment is what I listen to and what I need. So the second question says, how can I introduce discussions about mental health with my friends and family without it leading into an argument. And we're gonna start with Scout. Uh, first thing to know here is that when it comes to your mental health, you do not need these people to understand you. You can handle this all on your own. You're strong enough. Everyone is strong enough to handle this on their own. You do not need your friends or family. You have this on your own. But the way that I like to, if I'm afraid I'm gonna say something that's gonna upset somebody, I'll open my entire conversation with one statement. I'll say, please, listen to me, be understanding, be open-minded about what I'm about to say because I really care about it. And I want you to care about it too. And it's that simple for me. All right, Donnie. I feel like it, mental health is definitely an issue um, that comes from, from family to family, talking about it with family and, and friends. Um, there's definitely more, more of an issue with that because these are the people that you've grown up with and they have never seen you have they, they might have never seen you have these mental health issues and then you just get it one day and they don't ever understand because maybe they've never went through the same thing they don't they've never experienced that same issue but i feel like that a lot of modern day people are more open about coming out about these issues because of social media and, and all these things. We see 
that other people have the same issue as us, but the the people that we grow up with and we, we live with, and um, they might not see the same thing. Um, so they would not understand that we have an issue if we were to come out and talk about it. So that's why if they were, if they argue with you about said issue, I, I, I feel like you should just try your best to get them to understand. And if they don't, well then, um, you should just drop it honestly because it'll just make it things worse arguing will make your issue a whole lot worse um so if if you can do your best to avoid it that's what i would suggest awesome and i think um both of you answered very well um when this viewer submitted this question i immediately thought Friends, of course, you can do something about. You know, you don't have to be friends with someone. Um, but family, you know, that's hard because we, as a generation, we are encountering things that the previous generations did not encounter. Um, we are in a, a world that is very different than it was, you know, 40 to 50 years ago, but almost in a way kind of similar. Um, so like Donnie said, I believe that when, uh, when we're talking about our parents and our family members that are older than us, um, in a way they can understand, but they don't fully understand. So my tip for this viewer would be surround yourself with people that you know understand. Um, arguing in any type of capacity is very toxic in my opinion. And that's why I don't really argue with people. I just um, intellectually debate with people in a way. Um, arguing implies that there is going to be a negative nuance to it. And um, when you're talking about mental health, you don't want anything negative, anything negative. So um, I would say search within your community, um, search for resources that are during this time, even online. Um, and like Scout said, you don't need someone to talk to when you're talking about mental health. You can um, work on yourself in private and there are many resources that will assist you with that. Um, so thank you to that viewer that sent that question and we're going to move on to the next and last question. Um, this question is, is a really big one for me. It reads, what is your advice to everyone adjusting to the new normal that COVID-19 has given us? And I, I'll actually start this question. Um, I think as a nation, we were all a bit of surprised of how long that we've been in this pandemic. Um, like I said, this is a mental health episode. I'm not going to turn into a political episode. <laughs> um, I think the biggest tool um, one could have right now is an effective and a very thoughtful mind. And when I mean thoughtful, I mean really taking the time to outline and basically realign your focus on the things that matter. All right, we're going to um, go to Don. I feel like with the new COVID-19 issues, there are, our nation is having a hard time adjusting, but that doesn't mean everybody else isn't having just as hard of a time adjusting. Um, no matter where you go, what country you go to, there are people that will refuse to wear masks. There are people who will, who will yell at you because you, you don't have one on, even if you're not in a public place. Um, you know, there, there are people that are on both opposite crazy sides of the spectrum. Um, there, there's one, if I can honestly say, I'd say still see the people you care about. Um, there are still, you can still, you're still allowed to see the people you care about. There's no issue with that. Um, 
public places, I always carry a mask. That is my 100% best suggestion for what to do. Always carry a mask. I, I always have sanitizer on me. Um, just in case. I wash my hands all the time. Um, but coming from our area, it's not always the same. In other areas, I know in bigger cities, um, they're, they're not really allowed still to go outside. Um, and nothing's really open, so there's no really a point to go outside, um, to leave your home, um, other than to see people, which would be the only thing you'd want to do. Um, so I, I suggest if you have uh, a boyfriend, girlfriend, um, friends, closest friends, I, 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 I would let myself still see them, I, I would let myself be with them because. I feel as someone who who has gone through mental health issues, um, not being with people um, seems to cause our cause those issues to worsen. Um, being separated just because of uh, the virus seems to make things worse. Yes, the the virus is very terrible, but one on one interaction, I feel, is not very much of an issue. Um, so allow yourself to to have uh, these conversations one on one. Allow yourself to be with these people one on one, because it it, it really isn't uh, the biggest issue at that stage. Um, public issues. Whenever you're in the public, carry a mask. Protect yourself. Protect other people. Um, but one on one, it's the consent between those two people allow it to be that's how i feel awesome and before we move on scout i'm gonna say one thing um good point as humans uh we have adapted to the feeling or the almost assurance that we are going to see someone we're always going to uh, come encounter with another human human being um if you find yourself in a situation where um you haven't talked to your friends in a long time you haven't reached out to that cousin that you used to talk to um, this would be a really good time for you to do that. Um, I am encouraging a lot of people, especially in, in this state of the world, make things right. Make things right. You never know. Just check in. Uh, be a good neighbor. Be a good family member. And yeah, just be a good overall citizen because we're in this together. That's really what it's all about. All right, Scout. Uh, my biggest advice, and I try to preach this to everybody that I talk to because it's really an important thing, is patience. And like, so for me, especially, I love working out. And I felt like when all this started, I was like, man, I'm losing all of my progress because the gyms are closed. I can't buy the food I normally eat because people have bought it all up. They've put, they started rationing it and everything. And you just have to remember everything in life is a process. We're not the only one who feel this way. If you feel upset about something, you can go talk to someone. I guarantee you somebody feels the way you do about it. But, uh, the big thing with patience is that it allows you to remain focused on what you're trying to do. You can still chase success or whatever while you're going through this. If you're patient, you can focus on that. If, you, if you're if you focused, you know your why, you know why you're doing, you don't feel so miserable. If you're not patient, you lose your focus, you lose your why, everything feels miserable. You can't have your happiness without knowing why you do what you do. So you just have to remain patient so that you can focus on your why. Awesome, uh, patience is key during this time. Um, especially as you really progress through the days, the uh, days become, um, if seemingly to me, days get longer, especially when you have nothing to do. Um, I think 
um, a lot of people are like me, where if I don't have an obligation, I feel like I'm not needed in the world anymore. So um, I think I try to fill up my schedule with things I just, things I don't usually normally do. Um, I just do it now, just so I can have something to do. So um, don't be afraid to put yourself in uh, obligations. Of course, do not stress yourself out during this time. Uh, shout out to all the people that are working during this time. Um, especially our essential workers and the ones that are on the front line. We appreciate your efforts and we thank you during this time. We really do. Um, so I think that is it for this episode. Thank you to these gentlemen that have joined me on this episode. Um, this conversation was really good. And as I already <laughs> knew that these guys would be able to bring us some insight on the world of mental health and all of its aspects. Donnie and Scout, I usually give my um, panelists or members, as you say, um, the chance to say one thing before we come to a close, and I'm going to start with Scout. Uh, okay, so um, I'm glad you are doing this because there is something I wanted to talk about. Uh, a very specific scenario. Uh, yesterday, I saw a, a video of a man who was saying how Black Lives Matters uh, gives people just pretty much just a secret right to loot stores and whatnot. He was trying to debate that that was all it was. It was hiding the fact that these people want to be destructive. And I, I felt very angered at first that he would just say something like that. But what I want people to, what I'm trying to say is I want people to recognize when they're in a scenario like that, to have the, the want to talk to that person and ex help them understand what things are really representing. Like that's that same person who assumes that the movement is really for that is the same person who would say not all cops are bad it's everything is not general it's not one big thing everything is different and so just really try to have conversations with people to help them understand the world awesome good point and i think that's actually one of the reasons why um i decided to start this new thing on my podcast where people debate um debating is not about okay i know that you don't like me and i definitely don't like you but we're just gonna you know hash this out because you're wrong and i'm right that's not the purpose of these debates. Um, it's really just to have a conversation about how about I see your perspective on this and I respect it and I agree with some of the things that you were saying, but I don't see eye to eye with everything. And I think um, as adults, especially now, like you really have to have a conversation about things. You just can't let things um, sit and fester. You have to be able to act on them and really have meaningful conversations about it. So good point, Scout. All right, Donnie. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'm I'm glad you're you're um, doing this whole podcast thing, and really uh, adds to give like more conversation to kids our age. Um, it's something for them to listen to and and actually think about seriously. Um, take things into consideration. Take their own self into consideration. Take other people into consideration. That these issues that they might not have experienced but other people's do other people have um it gives more awareness to our problems and to people that are near us have these uh their problems um and so i mean honestly i just want to say i'm glad you're you're doing this whole podcast thing and um yeah thanks for letting me be on here thank you for joining me once again if you want to join a conversation don't be shy um my partner usually um response to dms fairly quickly um so if that is all thank you guys for tuning in this is the root of all with alexander brown tune in for more episodes and more content coming your way
It's the root of all with Alexander Brown.